Welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitake, and I'm so excited that you've tuned in. Here at the Young Businessmen of Tulsa, our mission is focused on connecting, developing, and inspiring young business leaders to find and pursue their passion. This podcast is sponsored by Trost Marketing. Promoting your business through marketing is essential for growth. Without marketing, you lack the ability to create a conversation with your potential customers. At Trost Marketing, we provide marketing solutions that fuel growth. We are your source for all of your printing needs, as well as branded apparel and promotional items. If your business wants to stand out to potential customers, contact the marketing experts at Trost Marketing. Visit us at trostmarketing.com or call us at 866-492-7820. Young businessmen, welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitake, and I have my co-host today with me as well, Mr. B. Sizzle, as I like to call him, uh, Brian Smith, the most interesting insurance agent in the country. And uh, we're so uh, happy that you joined us today. We're really excited because we actually have another special guest. And so we're just kind of checking in, seeing how things are going. And we actually do have a really exciting guest. But before we get to him, uh, Brian, how are things going? How was your Thanksgiving? <laughs> you know, Evan, the Thanksgiving holiday was really good. We uh, stayed local, which is what I prefer with a busload of kids that we have now, getting going anywhere is hard. But we got to see our moms, and we got to hang out, man. How was your Thanksgiving? It, 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 I've had two so far, and I'm actually in the middle of my third. So after we finish this uh, this podcast, I'm going to go back downstairs, and uh, I'm actually at my parents' house and uh, having a little Thanksgiving turkey, and I'm going to hit a dessert after this. So if I rush you guys, it's only because I'm getting some sugar cravings. <laughs> Let me get this straight. You're sitting at the table with your family doing this podcast, or no, no, no. I'm I'm upstairs. I'm I'm upstairs. I'm actually in my old room, which is a little weird. I feel like I've gone. Uh, I've taken a step back in my career right now, but uh, no, everything's awesome. The food was fantastic. The kids are downstairs playing. They're actually uh, skyping with, um, actually FaceTiming with some family in. Uh, Wyoming. So it was a nice little opportunity for me to break away. So, but no, it was, it was a great time. And, and Thanksgiving is always an awesome time because you get to see family, you get to hang out and you get to uh, put on some poundage. But I want to jump into our guest. I'm actually really excited about it. This is a guy that uh, you have kind of, I believe, had a little bit of a relationship with. But what I really like about what I'm starting to learn about this guy is that he's a small business owner, he's an entrepreneur, he's a comedian. And he's also an MMA fighter. So mm -hmm. this guy, this, I mean, he, we're beyond trifecta at this point. This guy is a guy who's very, very talented and has an amazing resume. He's got some amazing stories. And I'm really excited uh, to kind of get to know him a little bit better and kind of pick his brain a little bit and kind of see what he's been up to. So, Brian, why don't you tell us a little bit about our guest today? Hey, we're, we're going to get into that guest. But y you, uh, you said something a while ago, again, that was really disturbing to me. And, um, <laughs> I've got, to, I've got to address it. I think I heard you say that you were at your parents' house, but then right. a few seconds later, I heard you mention that you were in your own room. So, My old room, yes. 
you're at your parents' house hanging out in the room that they still have decorated like you used to have it, or is this like that? Oh no, no, no! I've been I've I've been officially moved out. This is like a uh, this is a guest bedroom. I know where you're going with. Okay, this. so there's a movie with Terry Bradshaw, Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, that that movie is awesome, and I was about to put this on pause, give Megan a ring on the other line, and tell her to pack a bag. We'll we'll come pick her up. Um. No, you're you're right, man. Uh, I've got with us today uh, Gerald Harris. Goes by the Hurricane. He he is a a friend of mine. I've been working on trying to get to know Gerald this year a little bit as well. And he he's a local guy. He is um, does have his own gym um, that that they've been growing. In fact, he mentioned to me right before we started that they're going to be making the gym bigger. That you know they're growing already. And I I remember just not long ago he mentioned to me that they were growing then. So he's he's getting memberships, getting the name out there. You know MMA is a a fun thing. You get old like me. I mean I say old. Gerald's like the same age as me, and he's still about to go fight some dude. So <laughs> I I mean. You get, you know, you just get on up there like I like I am, and, and you look at MMA as something fun. I like to analyze it, and I like to watch the fights, and I get very into it. Uh, Gerald's actually doing it. He he is fighting. He's also got a gym going where he's training all ages, all groups of people to not only be able to defend themselves, but in a lot of ways, people have taken up MMA as an, as a a way to stay in shape, um, a way to take care of themselves. Or, or possibly to get out of some aggression from, you know, possibly having Thanksgiving dinner with family. Who knows? You you could. You know, I mean, I, I stopped <laughs> by uh, Gerald's spot one time, and um, there were some people in there I probably wasn't going to fool with anytime soon. Although I've made, I've made it very vocal to people at times. I probably am a little better than some people would think, but we're going to keep that a secret until I ever actually mm-hmm. have to prove it. I, I've been well, being... I think what people, what people don't know is that you have full neck tattoos all the way down to the waist <laughs> and full sleeves. So well, if you ever take off the, the suit jacket and actually you know, kind of flash those guns, I think people might figure out what you're up to. Well, there, there's definitely a chance of that. You know, my son is funny, and, and I love this about how we can train our kids, you know, and it, it happened just today. Legend said, Dad, when are you going to tell me what my superpowers are? And he says, I know that at night, you know, when I go to sleep, you go help people out, and I want to know when I'm going to be able to. And, you know, it's really cool when kids are so young that way to really to dig into some of that underlying things that are going on there. And I just hope that I'm teaching him that someday that he can do whatever he wants to do. And right now that that kind of in his mind, it kind of just comes out to him him being a superhero, but I think that's awesome. I know at Gerald's gym, they're training kids as well. I was there. I got to see that they're going to be working out with kids. They're teaching kids boxing. Here in a minute, I'm going to let you um, get into a little bit of conversation. I know Gerald and you don't, so I know you're curious mm-hmm. about some stuff. Um a little bit of a short background, I've got to share this, and I've kind of mentioned it to Gerald a little bit. Before I ever met Gerald Harris, I've been an ultimate uh, fighter fan forever, and I've been a UFC fan forever. Since UFC won, when Chuck uh, was on the show, I have, uh, I've been a big fan because a lot of people that are listeners and subscribers know that I have a, a little bit of a relationship with Chuck and, and have just been all over the UFC for a long time and watched it. And, and I'm kind of the guy now where, you know, guys get together and watch football and they want to be, you know, armchair quarterback. So I'm an armchair fighter. Like, I like to watch it. And if people want to talk, I want them out. 
I want to discuss the fight only, and then everyone needs to shut up. So I get pretty serious about it. Um, but but my short background on Gerald is, is and he'll have to help me with the year here in a minute, but a couple of years ago, this cat was on The Ultimate Fighter. And here's how I cheer for people on The Ultimate Fighter. I see if they're local or if they know someone local. And if they are, I immediately become a fan. And so I was a big fan of Gerald before I ever knew Gerald because he was a local guy. And they were talking about, you know, that Cat was from Oklahoma or from around Oklahoma. And so I followed him all the way in. And something that Gerald's really popular for, and I don't know if he's going to take ownership of this, but I, I think it is. And if you YouTube him at all or see any pictures of him, he's doing this. Gerald has a phenomenal slam. And in MMA, it's a it's an energy sucker. But mm-hmm. he's, a, he's a big, strong guy in... It's almost like a dominance thing, Evan, you know, and feel free to ask Gerald about why he does it. But I, I mean, my opinion is the slam is like a knockout. It, it's the kind of thing that if you can slam someone really hard, it's almost psychological more than it is physical. And when a guy gets slammed in his mind, he doesn't get up the same way or fight the same way anymore because he's been kind of ragdolled. You know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, I, I've got Gerald here. You, you had a question. We're going to get into it. I want today, Gerald, to promote his gym a little bit. we got a fight coming up on Friday. Some guy got online and started talking a little bit a couple of months ago. Gerald was happy, retired, running a gym, doing his thing, and then a guy told him, you know, some stuff that Gerald will probably share. So we're going to fight on Friday night. When I say we, I mean Gerald is going to fight, and I'm going to be there yelling and screaming, but that'll be the extent. So Evan, you know, let me introduce you here to to Gerald Harris. Well, thank you, Gerald, uh, and thank you, Brian. Gerald, I'm going to give you. I know we're we're pretty long winded. If you're not careful, we'll just take over this whole interview and <laughs> say anything. But why don't you why don't you kind of fill in the gaps? So we we said a little bit about you, but like, go ahead and tell the listeners who you are. What what makes you tick, and and, and what are you passionate about? Uh, well, I actually just got back in MMA. It's been my tenth year, kind of around the sport. Um, I retired in 2013 and just recently came out of retirement. So it's kind of cool to be back. Got a new energy. And, uh, man, I'm uh, fighting this Friday. It was kind of crazy how it all happened. I managed my own career, and I got my own fight in two days. So it's going to be to get back in there. You know, I'm pretty nervous about Andrew, it. Andrew, you're probably getting paid for it too, right? That's yeah, not, that's it's the, okay. That's Local right. fights, you kind of fight for a ticket, you know, ticket money. It's not about the money. It's more about the opportunity when you fight locally. Then you work your way into, like, Bellator, UFC, stuff like that, you know? You said the word opportunity, and you teed it up perfectly for me, so i got to ask you about this. So I know you're a comedian. I went to your website, checked that out a little bit, <laughs> uh, and I appreciate you going easy on me for being in my, my old bedroom. But the, uh, <laughs> what, what I really wanted to ask you about was I was talking to Brian about this. I was kind of doing some research on you, and you prank called Dana White, uh, on the MMA Junkie radio show, I think is what it was. And I think that it's, it, it, after kind of reading some of the story, it was really cool how it played out for you, but it sounded like it actually was originally just you kind of you know, getting on there and kind of messing with somebody, but ultimately it turned into something bigger than that. Why don't you tell everybody that story because I think that's something that people really enjoy. Well, what happened was, man, it took me forever to get through on the line and I was calling and calling and calling. I finally got through, and I uh, I couldn't think of anything to say. I didn't want to just beg him to get back in the UFC. So I went like this British accent for no reason, just randomly, because I do prank calls all the time just for fun. And I was like, hello there, mate. And I started talking to him, and he thought I was a guy from England. 
So I started complimenting him, and I said, I told him that my favorite fighter was Gerald Harris, and he was like, oh, I remember that guy. He was pretty tough. And then I went back to my normal voice and said, well, why don't you put him back in the UFC? And he was Here like, oh, man, I got him. And everybody laughed so hard. People still talk about that prank call to this day. And, man, a week later, I was in the UFC. So it wasn't just a phone call. I was on a 10-fight win streak with, with nine knockouts. So I did the work. It just took that little extra boost to get me in. You know, just so many people trying to get in. You got to find a way, a special way to get in. And, and people remember that. So, Well, that's what I love about that story is, is, is you saw an opportunity. And it maybe didn't start out like that at first. But they say that there's no such thing as luck. Luck is where preparation meets opportunity. And I believe that you, based on what you told me, you had been doing the preparation. You were there. You were ready. And you saw that little window, that little thing where your personality kicked in and you had the ability to really say something to the right person. And it, 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 it changed your career, right? You got back into the UFC and were able to start fighting again. And I, to kind of give you a little bit idea of who our audience is, our audience is you know, essentially a young business person, maybe somebody right out of college, maybe somebody is getting started in the workforce. And so they're, they're, they're trying to figure out who they are. They're trying to figure out what they're passionate about. And they look at people, uh, you know, probably look at people like you and like me and they're like, man, how do they get to this point? How is this guy running a gym? How is this guy already a successful uh, UFC fighter, got on the ultimate fighter, uh, has a, a career as a comedian? I mean, he's, he's taken all these different paths and, and, and they, they get to see kind of some of the success but ultimately, they don't see a lot of the struggle. And I'm guessing as a fighter, there's a lot of struggle involved uh, in there as well. So kind of kind of open that, open our eyes a little bit. What does it look like when you're getting started? And, and what kind of perseverance do you have to have to kind of start working your way up to where you really feel like this is actually going to be something that works for you? I can kind of compare it to being a musician. Because uh, you really don't do it for the money in the beginning. You do it for the experience and the opportunity to work your way up to the next level. And I know a lot of people who are poets and singers and they just don't understand. I mean, they not they don't understand. They see the hard work that goes into it and how long it takes and how much time you got to put into it in hopes of getting that opportunity that you need. And that's what I did. I, I just kept creating openness for myself. I kept winning and I kept being exciting and then the right phone calls were coming in. My career only got better. Um, the, the lowest point in my career is when I got cut from the UFC. It's been kind of a roller coaster since then, but... You know, everything at that point led up to now. So I'm a little excited to be back in a sense of I never thought I'd fight again. So, and I was at the top. In 2010, I was my best year ever. I had a slam knockout of the year. I had, um, you know, I was fighting in the UFC. And then it just all came to a crashing halt, like literally, man. In, one, in three days, my life changed. From Saturday to Tuesday, I lost my first fight in the UFC. And then 48 hours later, I was cut. Wow. I mean, I hit, it, I wouldn't call it rock bottom, but, and then I lost my next fight by decision. I mean, it was like a double, talking about kicking somebody while they're down. I mean, it was like a curb stomp, you know. But I bounced back. I won my next fight and a couple after that. Uh, later, I retired after beating one of the toughest opponents of my career. And I felt it was a good time to retire, you know. But, you know, I got that itch back as far as training with my friends and, and seeing all, I kept going to all these fights, you know, like, like Brian said, I, I became a fan of the sport and people don't understand. I started my career with Stipe Miocic, who's the UFC champion now. Um, mm -hmm. Daniel Cormier started his career at my gym. He's a 205 champion. 
Um, at 185, I've trained with Michael Bisping for two months or so in England. Good friend of mine. He's a champion at 85 for the UFC. Um, that's where that English accent came into play, huh? <laughs> No, really, that's where it was around that time because I was working out Rampage <laughs> in England and just got back. And then at 170, Tom Willie's a good friend of mine. He's a, the welterweight champ. So I'm watching all my friends do good things. You know, I'm working $10 an hour job and just kind of, you know, just getting by. And I was like, you know what? I have a passion to do this and I physically can do it. So I decided to come out of retirement. Um, I was divorcing for a while and that's mentally hard on anybody. And once that was all done, I was kind of free. But my new wife kind of put a spark back in me. She she provided that support I needed for me to be able to focus on fighting and fighting only. So she's the main reason why I'm back. Well, that's, that's that's awesome. That's fantastic. And it's awesome that you have a support group like that, too, that can kind of cheer you on. One thing I want to drill down a little bit deeper on in terms of what you said was you 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 were passionate or you started to realize that you were passionate about it. Do you think it was passion that kind of helped carry you through that, that really tough time and it has ultimately led you to the, to the point now where you're coming back? I mean, what kind of role does passion play, especially when you're when you're down and, and you're having basically the lowest part of your life and you know it is something that you love, is, is passion what gets you through or is it literally just self-talk and getting your, you know? No, you got to find, I mean, I got a passion for a lot of things. I love art. I'm a good artist, but I never draw, you know? Um, you have to have a passion for something that you have time for and to create time for and that's going to benefit you in some kind of way. If, if me doing artwork helps me clear my mind, whatever, it, you know, I do it, but it really doesn't do anything for me. I just know I'm really good at drawing and painting, so I do it. For fighting, for me, I'm thinking in two, I'm thinking of providing for my family. Now, the problem right. with fighting is your passion does not have to be fight. I don't like fighting. I, I think it's, it's kind of hard. I, don't, I like competition. I don't like fighting in general of hitting people and getting hit. I don't like the idea that I do like the idea of feeding my family. Now, if, if feeding my family is you know, boxing with one glove on, I'll do it if I'm good at it, you know, uh, dominoes. So my passion is to provide for my family and I'm good at fighting. So I put those two things together and, 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 you know, I, you know, you only have so much time, you never get time back. And I'm 30, I just turned 37. So if I'm going to do it, I'm doing it now. So my passion is that I'm going to use this, this gift that I have and I'm going to provide for my family the best that I can. So would you say really that just providing for your family is ultimately the motivation for anything you do. Definitely. I mean, I know guys in the NFL that don't like football, but they like yeah. <laughs> they like providing for their family. They like they like money or they like scoring touchdowns. They don't like football in general. Uh, a large percentage of fighters hate training. Muhammad Ali said it best. He hated every minute of training, but he just loved winning, you know, and boxing was his sport. So with me, this is my sport. I was a wrestler my whole life. And this is my sport. I suck at basketball. I suck at football. <laughs> I'm pretty well, good. good. At We're in good games. company. We have we have we have a couple things in common right off the bat. <laughs> so <laughs> this is my sport, man. I, man, I'm pretty good at it. So I'm gonna see how far it takes me. I've, I've traveled all over the world. You know, soon it'll give me more time with my family, with a baby on the way. So well, there's more things than just the fighting. The fighting is the easy part. It's everything the outside of it that helps out. Well, I look at you as more than just a fighter, though. I mean, when we look at the fact that you own a gym and you run a gym and, and that you, uh, you know, are managing yourself, right? That that's a job in itself. Trying to get all this stuff together to, to do the fight, and then some of the other ventures that you have. Did you have to just kind of teach yourself that, or or was it just one of those things where you almost fake it until you make it? To fake what fighting? 
No, I'm talking about like opening your own gym and, and uh, you know, managing your, yourself and your fighting career and, and uh, going, you know, becoming a comedian, going on tour and doing that. I mean, those are all different things that take a lot of time and energy that you don't see that hard work on the, on the back end, the, the preparation that it takes, but also getting everything put together to open a gym and, and trying to figure out a, a way to, to get subscriptions and all that other stuff. I mean, by looking at all those different things, I mean, you got, you got a lot of different things going on. Oh yeah, man. And it's all boils down to that one. Like, like I'm glad you brought the word passion. My number one passion is provide for my family. My wife and I are going on our seventh kid. So wow. if, is, if you don't have passion, uh, you see, I like a passion for making babies, but I have to I was gonna say, I, I think you may have a passion for something else besides yeah, this fight. Yeah, can't talk about it. That's a different podcast. But, uh, every... yeah. This one's rated, this one's rated like a PG, like a solid yeah. PG. Yeah. So it's just everything I do. There. I've been making people laugh since I was born, seriously. Um, and then the gym to me, it's a training center and a, a way to help people get in shape. I only do what I'm good at. Everything I do is for a reason. You know, Evan, you know, we're talking about a few things here that, you know, we kind of talked about last time as well as wrote about this last week, and that's passion versus discipline. And, you know, we talked to Arthur about it the other day is, you know, there there's people that have passion only. There's people that have a really good amount of discipline, but maybe not much passion. And then there's a hybrid. And I, I love to talk about the hybrid. I feel like I'm a hybrid in a lot of ways. And, and a lot of things that Gerald is talking about, too, are, are very much a hybrid because, you know, he, he's got his, his hand in a lot of different um, things that are uh, competitive. They're also, they take passion and drive. But there's an amount of discipline that goes into these when you start talking about fighting or growing a business. If you don't have the discipline to do the marketing, if you don't have the discipline to do, you know, the training for the fighting, if you have the, the discipline to stick to a schedule and say no to this and say no to that. I mean, an example that, that the normal person like you and I would never understand is, you know, I, I told Gerald, I was like, hey, later on, we just grabbed dinner after the podcast and I know Gerald wants to eat, so I wasn't even thinking straight. You know, it's a fight week for him. He's not really <laughs> eating normal food right now. I mean, Gerald's a pretty thick guy, and so when it comes to making weight, he does it intelligently. He does it in a, in a healthy way, and to do that, you've got to be very disciplined. And so many people that fight, whether they're amateur wrestlers or, or whether they're in the UFC, do not do that all the time the way they should for their bodies and it's not very good you know the intelligent ones that do it right Gerald can walk into the fight on Friday night obviously nervous and all the the stuff going on there but if he's done the weight cut right his body's going to perform for him and so I, I actually kind of felt bad after I mentioned it because he can't do the normal eating this week as his mind is focused on mm -hmm. what he has to do Friday so so many of these things that go in when you think about a fighter, you think about a guy that's growing a business is so much about being an entrepreneur. I mean, almost every fighter that I've ever talked to actually echoed what Gerald said. It's not necessarily the fight they care about. It's it's that's something that they're good at. It's something that, that they feel like they can do. And really, really where it comes into is they're doing it all to get their hand raised. They want to win. They want to feed their family. And the hardest part about the whole process is the training. I mean, I've, I've uh -huh. yet to meet a fighter that goes, man, that fight was so hard. You know, the fight is a few minutes, but that training for two to three months, that's the hard part. So 
you know, Gerald's kind of touched on that as well. Do you, Evan, have any questions for for Gerald that you might be interested about? I know that maybe you're just now starting to have an interest in MMA and a lot of our listeners that know me around the country that are going to be listening to this also know that I'm an avid MMA fan and I, and I just love watching it and talking about it. But sometimes people have questions I wouldn't think about because I'm kind of involved and interested in it. And I didn't know maybe if you had a question that, that you were thinking about maybe around a knockout or what does it feel like to walk out? What is it, you know, all these things that a lot of people are kind of curious about. Well, I guess, I mean, you're putting me on the spot a little bit, but I appreciate that. I, I think that for me, like when you're really looking at everything that goes into the preparation all the way to the final moments of the actual fight, I, I have two questions. One, if, I, if I'm going out and I'm preparing to go, you know, present to somebody or, or make a big sale or whatever it is that I'm going to do, I, I, I can relate 100% with the amount of preparation that goes into it and, and just kind of putting in the time and effort and trying to overcome those objections, right, figure out, you know, what, what's going to happen in, in that conversation. Because for me, there's a lot of time and effort that goes into that final meeting. If I'm flying across the country to do it or whatever else. And so I want to make sure that when I'm there, everything that I've done, that I'm prepared for any, any curveball that they're going to potentially uh, throw to me. And I, I believe that fighting is, is kind of the same way. But at the end of it, it's almost like this huge just weight that's, that's off your shoulders. And, and I'm wondering, after the fight happens, after your hand is raised, what, what happens next for you? Because for me, it's just like, all right, head down, go back to work. Uh, and now i got to figure out how to make this all work after I've gotten somebody to say yes. But, but for you, it's, it's, you're, you're going back into training again, right? So, so is, it, is it that sense of relief or is it just that hunger again to just go, go back and get even more? Well, it's kind of weird, man. The highs and lows of MMA are really, really crazy. A lot of people don't understand. I keep telling people it's not like basketball, football, because in basketball, you, you lose a game, you got a game two days later. You know, right, baseball, right. they 60, 70 games a year. Football, they know every Sunday they're going to get another chance. In fighting, you lose, you got to wait months, you know, even longer to possibly get another chance at, um, you know, getting that, that victory or that, you know, because we only get half our money when you lose. You only get half your money. It's kind of a bonus. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 uh it's kind of hard to explain. Seriously, it's almost like going to the golf course two three times a year, and you have to make this putt. You know what I mean? Like, and if you don't make it, you gotta you gotta think about this all the way up to your next fight. So the best thing to do is to get back in the gym as soon as you can, and try to get better. And uh, that's that's all we do. You know, uh, win or lose, you try to figure out what what you can do better. Yeah, I mean, there's just an extraordinary amount of pressure on that, that short period of time. I mean, are you even, when, when you're fighting and you're doing that kind of stuff, are you in the moment, are you at the point where you're almost kind of beside yourself and you're watching this happen because you, everything's so precise and the training is, has been so intense that if you're actually working your plan and your plan's working, do you get to the point where you're just kind of like enjoying the moment in terms of like, all right, I'm prepared. This is this is how this is this is going the right direction, or or is the whole time like you're just laser focused on just wait until that that bell rings or or that that uh, that ref pulls you off. Everybody's different, you know. Everybody. Some people um, go in a zone, get super hyped. I don't do that. I just kind of stay. I have this. I have a different type of zone. And I remember when I did the slam knockout. I can't hear anything but my coach. And as soon as I slammed them, it was like tunnel vision just disappeared. And I could hear the crowd. And 
it was weird, man. You everybody has their own zone. Mine is I stay calm. And when you fight, like if you, I don't care how much training you did in the world, um, but if if someone grabs you or hits you, your instincts are gonna kick in. There's not, you know, yeah. no matter what you do, your training or whatever you have in your body is gonna, is, your body naturally does it, you know. So you you don't really get to think a lot in a cage. So I, everything I do is off instinct. Right. Excuse me. Now, what I, I gotta ask you this: Have you ever been knocked out? No, I've been knocked down two times. I got knocked down once, and when I tried to get up, uh, the referee had jumped in. That was like my first loss ever. I'll never forget it. I got knocked down huh. by Benji Raddick. I was like, oh, man, I could have kept fighting. And I saw the replay. <laughs> I was like, oh, maybe not. <laughs> he knocked me down good. I had only been fighting for a year. I didn't know what I was doing. I was still tough, though, you know. But um, I got knocked down in a UFC fight, the first UFC fight I ever lost. I was the, one of the least hit fighters in the UFC. Um, really? I mean, I had avoided 90% of my strikes. You know, I was kind of like a Machida. But uh, I got hit with an uppercut by a guy, and it, I completely blacked out. And I woke up, we were still fighting. So, But uh, no, I've, I've only been stopped once, <laughs> but never knocked out. So. Well, I was going to ask you what that feels like, but I guess I guess you can't. You don't really that's have like to the, That's <laughs> like the worst thing to talk about the week of a fight. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about, how about this? And I'll, I'll, I'll change the topic a little bit. I think Mike Tyson said everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. The instinct. That's the instinct. Yeah. I mean, you 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 can you can talk about oh, when he grabbed me, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. But unless you trained yourself, unless you've done it a thousand times, when someone grabs my collar, I'm gonna do this throw. You can't watch a Steven Seagal movie and expect to go in the street and beat up four guys. You're not. You got to train for it. Whoa, 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 whoa! I'm gonna have to disagree with that because. <laughs> Yeah, go ahead, and try it. He's got some pretty, got some pretty sweet moves. <laughs> yeah, but you can't do it by watching. The guy trains. He's put in thousands of hours of doing those moves, you know. Yeah, well, Evan, I um, you know, Gerald fights on Friday. We're we're all excited to see him get back in there. I know that his emotions are pretty mixed. Just a couple of days out, um, we're confident in this victory. We'll definitely be praying for his safety. I want Absolutely. to take a second. So we can promote the fight. I want to promote the gym. Um, so Friday night at the Hard Rock Casino here in Tulsa, Gerald will be fighting for an opportunity again. He kind of mentioned it a while ago, man. A Friday night, and I, I, you know, I'm on the outside looking in a little bit, but I've got to believe that on Friday, Gerald's fighting way more for than a paycheck. He, he He's got an opportunity in front of him that if he can go in and get the job done, the right eyes will be watching, the the right people will be there and connected to the event. He, he's well aware of that. Um, there's going to be promoters at the fight watching and, and trying to see what's going to go down here. So uh, Gerald definitely will appreciate the prayers and the support this week that, that he's going to be getting. Um, after today, though, He's going to be clearing his mind. Um, he's going to be, I think, probably logging out, uh, disconnecting from everything so yeah. that he can get straight for this week. He'll have a weigh-in. For everyone that doesn't understand the game, on Thursday at some point he'll weigh in. And at that point in time, he'll have to make a weight of, I believe, 185. Um, the way that went down is the guy that actually called him out 
they, they addressed this fight at a certain weight that Gerald accepted, and to my knowledge, the, the other guy accepted as well. And then about midway, the person who had actually got this whole ball rolling down the hill couldn't make a certain weight. And there's probably not a lot Gerald can say about it, which is why I'm saying, you know, it's kind of funny <laughs> when people call other people out and then can't actually do what they said they were going to do. So... Gerald got in the middle of training, got the weight switched up on him. Luckily, he stays kind of in the in the training realm, and so he was able to make his body get there. Um, he looks like he's probably running about 185 to me right now if I was just to look at a guy, so I'm not sure where his weight is. Um, we'll just speculate at this point because for all the other guy that wants to know in case he hears that Gerald's rolling at about 240 right now, so all tired too. <laughs> Real tired. So um, we're going to be fighting. He's going to be fighting Friday night. Uh, the main card, I believe, starts at, at 8 o'clock. I am not sure if there are any tickets left. Last I heard, there were a couple of tickets left at the Hard Rock if you get online. There's also a few fighters that are selling a couple more tickets, Evan. So if people were to message me really as soon as possible we might be able to get their hands on a few tickets but i mean it's not every day that they're able to get a a a ufc guy into the hard rock actually fighting so the tickets sold quickly this is a legacy promotion so it's a legacy fight promotion that's the uh that's the name of the promoter um thursday when he weighs in he'll have to weigh at a certain weight and he was talking about money if, if even though they changed the game on him, if Gerald comes in and doesn't weigh the weight that they said, they're going to withhold money from his purse. So, yeah, he's got to be on point with his with his uh, weight. If the other guy doesn't make the contracted weight, um, to my knowledge, he has to give up some of his purse to Gerald. So, made it a catch weight. Wow. yeah, so it's a catch weight. Gerald just mentioned that catch weight means that. And I'll tell you, Evan, anytime they say catch weight, there's one of two reasons. Either number one, both dudes can't make the weight. Or number two, one dude can't make the weight but really wants to fight the other dude. So what's going on here is Gerald could have turned this fight down. Once they said, no, we're not going to do the weight, we've got to raise it, Gerald could have just turned the fight down. But he's not. He's going to go in there and fight at the weight that they have agreed upon. And um, we're, we're hoping for a uh, we're, for a victory. We're hoping for patience. We're, we're hoping for uh, the right opening for, for Gerald to do what he needs to do, um, to, to be patient and to kind of track this guy down and win in the way that, that he, he would like to win. So I'd also like to promote um, the gym, the Hurricane Training Facility um, here in Tulsa. Gerald, you're over there on, um, is it, it's on Mingo at what, like 55th? 55th and Mingo, it's kind of a weird area. Well, a lot of people go to 55th Street, but it's 55th and Mingo. Um, I would say, God, it's kind of hard to explain. What was the old restaurant used to be over there everybody knew about? It's uh, There's a restaurant over there. Everybody knows about this restaurant. Frank's Cafe. Yeah. It's in that area. and Just, uh, just east of there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people can get online and they can Google up the Hurricane Training Center. Um, it's all over the place. They can get in. They can well, get. Well, I'll, um, I'll have that. In, I'll have them in notes for the podcast too. So just uh, we'll get we'll get all the email addresses, all the all the website addresses yeah. in there. We'll also put the Yeah. So all, all right. that stuff will be in there, and you hey. guys just click on it. Cool. So htctulsa.com. Mm-hmm. Um, as we wrap up here, Evan, I always like to remind people if they wanted to uh, say get some marketing or some advertising pieces for their business, where would they want to go to do that? 
You're going to want to check out TrostMarketing.com. That's T-R-O-S-T marketing, spelled like Frost, but with a T. And Brian, if somebody wanted to get some insurance, for them, let's say maybe their home or auto or maybe some earthquake insurance, who would they talk to? Well, the only time they're going to want to do something like Evan is if they want to be with the best insurance agency in America and to be saving money. And if those two things lined up, they're going to want to go to callbriansmith.com, C-A-L-L-B-R-Y-A-N, smith.com. As well, come uh, on the 1st, December 1st, they're also going to be able to go to callbriansmith2.com or down to the Pearl District um, to get a quote in person if they'd like. Awesome, awesome. Well, Brian, thank you for co-hosting with me and Gerald. Uh, thank you for coming on and, and, and speaking with us. We always love the opportunity to hear from uh, all, all sorts of different entrepreneurs, all sorts of different uh, business people, and, and just kind of hear your story and everything that you, uh, that you had to share with the group. Uh, we are going to be cheering for you. We're excited for you. We can't wait to see uh, how things turn out. And, and uh, uh, I know that Brian will be there. I'm going to try to be there as well so we can cheer you on and, and get you uh, get you get you the crowd on your side as well. So uh, enjoy the fight. Sounds like this is something that you're looking forward to, obviously, with uh, with it being a catchweight bout. It, it, maybe there's a little bit of uh, motivation behind there to just uh, get in there and have some fun, and, and, and I'm sure you're looking forward to doing that. So thank you for joining us, and uh, we will catch you guys on the next podcast. Young businessmen, thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And if you'd like to learn more about the Young Businessmen of Tulsa, check out our website at www.ybtok.com or email us at ybtoklahoma at gmail.com. If you live in the Tulsa area and would like to hear one of our great speakers live at our monthly luncheon, we meet on the second Monday of every month from 12 to 1 p.m. Like us on Facebook for details about locations and upcoming speakers. Lastly, if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes and share us with your friends. Thank you for tuning in to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast, where we connect, develop, and inspire young businessmen to find and pursue their purpose.